0: Hello and welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damian. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work for social justice. Each week we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts
1: and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society.
0: We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. Uh, Damien is up this week. So what are you bringing to the table today? Yes, it's me. It's my turn. All right. So
1: today I have brought an article to the table for us called The Mantra of White Supremacy. Big, big name, right? Uh, And it was written by our very good friend, Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, You know, as I think I mentioned last week, we are just big fans of Mm -hmm. him around here. Uh, But if you want to check it out, you can find it on the Atlantic uh, on their website. It was published back on November 30th. Um, So, and I I would encourage folks to read it um, partially because Dr. Kennedy is just brilliant, I think. Uh, But basically this piece really dived into and, and framed the whole concept of white supremacy through, I think, several contexts that I'm sure we'll talk about today in some way, shape, or form, right? Things like how we've seen white supremacy play out throughout this country's history uh, to what we're seeing right now with these misguided critiques and attacks on critical race theory and, and anti-racist education, right? Um, and I think and what all of this looks like and, and means in terms of the harm that white supremacy and Sort of white supremacy, uh, uh, white supremacist ideology, and, and what white supremacists really are are doing to all of us and and to this country. So, uh, I I really enjoyed this article. I got a lot out of it. You know, I mm-hmm. think that Dr. Kendi made some outstanding points and and connections between you know history and and present day manifestations of white supremacy so yeah i've really been looking forward all week to talking about this with you uh so yeah as i said i think there's so much here where do you want to start my friend
0: whoo well (laughs) this uh this article was a word and a half um it was it yeah there was a lot here as you said um One of the things that I loved uh, is that he brought in all this history mm-hmm. of uh, folks who right. oppose the abolition of slavery, like people who are actively defending uh, enslavement as an institution mm-hmm. in this country, yeah. um, opponents to the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. um, and how those groups um, and their arguments line up directly with like Christopher Rufo, who you've <laughs> talked about, yes. and more of these anti-critical race theory crusaders, um, How it lines up basically down to the word. Yeah, right. um, To the phrase, right? And so I I think it's important uh, that Dr. Kendi is naming that these arguments against critical race theory are white supremacists in and of themselves. Yes. um, Because they're founded in preventing anyone from learning about the real origins of racism. Uh, And all these arguments or perspectives are actually taken from and were cooked up originally by avowed white supremacists yeah. um, who believe that a cultural genocide against white people is happening. Mm. Uh, so I think it's really important that we name the origins of these current lines of arguments because they're becoming more and more mainstream, right? Yeah. Like they start on uh, Tucker Carlson. Well, they started on, you know, uh, we're going to talk about him, Uh, Whitaker. Yeah. Um, wrote the mantra mm-hmm. um so they start there and then they get pulled and adapted and 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 circled through um stormfront and white supremacist websites and yeah. uh, eventually the ideas end up in you know the water so to speak in the uh, water and we're we're hearing them spouted off all over the place. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's like such a good point about
1: sort of the importance of naming, like that these arguments, particularly against critical race theory, right, are just white supremacy in action, mm-hmm. right? Like that's mm-hmm. exactly what they are. Um, and so I, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciated Dr. Kendi sort of calling it like it is, right? Yep. Um, so a word and a half, as you said. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think that was really one of the major. Takeaways from from this article, right? Sort of the the idea of how important it is to name white supremacy in all of its forms, right? In all of the ways that it shows up in people and our and our society, and sort of the idea of like how harmful and toxic um, sort of white supremacist ideology is, right? Um, so, you know, Dr. kennedy at one point in this piece talked about, you know, when folks are referring to anti-racist as being code for anti-white right like that's that's what that is that's anti-supremacy uh i uh, sorry white supremacist ideology um yep. in, in full effect there right um you know or like what we're seeing in politics right now with voter suppression tactics right and the laws that are being enacted around the country right or or gerrymandering efforts taking place right in states across the country right and certainly with what we saw on like january sixth, right with the the insurrection. Um, like, I think that insurrection in and itself was a real sort of textbook example yeah. of, of white supremacy and sort of, you know, the ideology in action, right? Like, yeah. just sort of on display. And so I I really appreciated, I think, the question that Dr. Kendi asked in this article. You know, and I think it also connects to something that you said, right? Like, and so what he says is, how many Americans know that the claim that anti-racism is harmful to white people is one of the basic mantras of white supremacist ideology. Americans are familiar with white supremacist movements like the Klan, Skinheads, Neo-Nazis, and the Proud Boys, but they don't seem to recognize white supremacist ideology, the most venomous form of racist ideology. I suspect that many Americans don't know how much white supremacist ideology shapes their political thought and America's political discourse and allows juries to exonerate racism and convict anti-racism. Like I had to stop in my tracks, right? Like that's mm-hmm.
0: a bold statement, but it's just all facts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um I highlighted that part yeah. too when I was <laughs> as I was reading. I was like, yeah, yep, this is all this is all correct. Um you know, and I think about the foundation uh, it's essentially the foundation for this whole fight against critical race theory yeah. uh, in schools, mm. um, or you know what's being framed in that way. Uh, it's a giant backlash um, of people who are, you know, trying to stop us from reckoning with the actual facts of history uh, that the U.S. was founded as a republic where. You know, not everybody was represented and Mm -hmm. uh, people were enslaved and not counted as a part of the population in the same way. Uh, And that, you know, women didn't have access to uh, voting in the same way that men did. And um, people who didn't own land also didn't have it. So there are all these sort of caveats to what citizenship meant. And we don't want to recognize any of that now to see how that might also still be influencing things today. And so this is all like backlash to that um as as we start to infuse more of that i think in sort of culturally and, and start to recognize that more broadly um you know we don't want to recognize the origins of the genocide oh, i was just thinking right? about genocide <laughs> the the, yeah. the government intentionally committed against indigenous people yeah. um it was not accidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that we've talked about this, you know, the things I just listed over the last several months, but I think it's in crucial to continue, it's crucial to continue to speak out about this because right wing governors across the country are still signing bills into law that prohibit teaching anything related to um, critical race theory. Or and and broader than that. Broader. Right? Than that, like right? it's yeah. it's uh there's a whole list of topics that DeSantis just signed in a law for Florida. Um and all that really does is further entrenches whiteness and, and white supremacy in our legal system. Yep. Thus kind of proving the point for why we need critical race theory to there, be able to there it is. to analyze like what it is that's happening uh, and how how it's happening. So yeah. This section um, or this this quote, I think, is is super important for us to kind of understand where these ideas are coming from. I would also maybe push a little bit that I think <clears throat> I think we are generally familiar with white supremacist movements like the Klan, mm-hmm. skinheads, neo Nazis, and Proud Boys. I don't think that we know all that much about it, ah. right? Like we know that they exist and we know yep. some things that maybe they've done here and there, but yep. we don't, you know, we don't necessarily know what's what are the philosophies driving them and like, yeah. you know, who, who is actually involved. Right. Like, so I, I think that that is, that's a piece of that that I'm like, I th- agree. And, and I have an asterisk maybe. Mm, uh, so you think well.
1: there's some potential value in understanding a little bit more about these mm. groups, the clan, the skin has the neo-Nazis, the Proud boys.
0: I think maybe it's not necessarily understanding more about them mm. and what they do, but like what it, what are the things that they're saying, mm-hmm. uh, and so then you can you can start to pull the threads together of how these things how they're sort of related and connected. Wow, and so when they say that they're not racist, you can be like, well, no, yeah, yeah, you're saying the same thing that so and so said, mm-hmm. and we know definitively that so and so was a racist, yes. right? And so you can you can make connect the dots, yes. essentially, absolutely. Um, so I don't you know I don't think that we all need to be experts in in these groups and what they do uh but i think that we don't necessarily know a ton Mm. about them to as sort of i'm backing up his point that uh oh yeah we don't know the the ideology yeah um we don't recognize the ideology and i think if we did um we would we would know a lot more about who these groups are and what they're what they're doing absolutely well and i think if we also knew more about their ideology
1: right so if he talks about right how much this ideology is shaping political thought mm-hmm. uh, our political thought in our uh, country's political discourse right and so yep. my goodness i think it's actually kind of scary to think about right then yep. uh we already see that this is a problem right but if i knew even more about it like ooh, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that could yeah. that could be really um more troubling than I can even imagine in this moment. Um, so yeah, I see that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that that section right there made the whole thing, in my opinion, a, mm-hmm. this whole article a worthy read, um, sort of for that for for that compelling quote and sort of um, line of thought alone. So I, I appreciated that. I also definitely wanted to talk about what um, Dr. Kendi specifically named as the 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 mantras of white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I sort of knew that there was this actual thing out there called the, the, the mantra. Um, but I, I, I to be honest, I didn't know some of the things that he wrote about in this piece, right? So the 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 mantra itself, it was this screed or, or ranting by a white supremacist named Robert Whitaker. You mentioned him earlier, right? Yeah. And he was apparently an economics professor, uh, an appointee by President Reagan to the Office of Personnel Management, um, who had been radicalized in opposition to the civil rights movement. So, all that's sort of happening around um, him, and, you know, he's uh, vehemently opposed. And so, mm. towards the end of his life, he wrote The Mantra, which um, it closes with this statement They say they are anti racist. What they are is anti white. Anti racist is a code for anti white. And, you know, ah, uh, powerful words, right. That clearly I think had an impact on white supremacists and their actions, right. And, and sort of are the base from which like this evolution of white supremacy we're seeing and this emboldened white supremacy, right. We're seeing, like, I think about the insurrection as one example, right. Um, it's like the, it's, it's all stemming from that. Right. And so, you know, Dr. Kennedy goes on in this piece to name like these, atrocious terrorist acts that were committed by white supremacists over the last decade right and and all of them are in some way linked to or they name uh whitaker's the mantra as uh inspiration right so there was a terrorist attack back in 2011 in norway that killed 77 people um there was uh, dylan roof murdering those nine black folks in charleston south carolina back in 2015 right Mm And so, like, those things have some connections to Whitaker's writing, Um, you know, and you talked about Tucker Carlson earlier, right? Like, Dr. Kennedy also made connections from the mantra to what Tucker Carlson talked about um, in all of his rants on his show about critical race theory uh, this year. And so, you know, I think as despicable as uh, the mantra is, right, and all of this is, and I don't really particularly like talking about it, I— I see it sort of connects to your point earlier, right? I think it's important for us to understand it, um, to know that it's out there, that it exists, right? And we have to talk about what that means, both in the context of what you raised, but in the context of, you know, what Dr. Kenny talked about as well, right?
0: Yeah, because, you know, I think it's um, it's easy to, and this, I think, is a broadening of, of his point about white supremacist ideology. It's easy to... Um, think that white supremacy is only the Klan and the proud boys yeah. and those groups, um, when it's not right. Yeah. And this is what you said just a, a minute ago is it's broader than that. And yeah. understanding all the ways that it is influencing our current political thought and all that stuff would be, uh, very challenging. Yes. I think to a lot of, uh, a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, collectively ac- across the U S. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think about uh, you know Tucker Carlson, um, I think, and his rants against critical race theory. But also when he talks about immigration, uh, um, I think there's some connections to this. Yes, in in how he's framing um, his arguments against immigration or against uh, refugees, helping refugees get get back on their feet after um, whatever it is that they're they're um, running from, which is usually caused by imperialist actions taken by our government. How about it? Um, so there are some connections there. There's that some rhetoric, connections right? there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, that's a good point. So, yeah, I think, uh, as you mentioned, the, the mantra has been a leading philosophical structure for white supremacist violence. Mm. Um, and Gross. you know, as you pointed out from your quote from Dr. Kendi, we collectively don't notice these philosophies that perpetuate this violence. And, um, you know, it's now essentially being infused into our everyday lives. Um, where we're seeing, you know, white people screaming at school board meetings, uh, and laws being passed, and again Tucker Carlson, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like if we read that quote from the the mantra they say they're anti racist, what they are is anti white. Anti racist is a co word for anti white. If you <clears throat> if we made a meme of that and put Tucker's name on it, yeah, like it would get eaten up. Yeah. One and two, who would like nobody would. say it wasn't him. Um, and I think that that's one of the things about Tucker Carlson that's so mind boggling to me is that white supremacists love him because he's doing stuff like this and he's, he's, he's using these ideas, um, in little ways in his show, Mm -hmm. um, that are sort of a, a wink and a nod to these other ideas on Um, this mega platform. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, and this is the philosophy that's underlying all this anti-critical race theory stuff and, yeah. and broader than anti-critical race theory because these attacks are bigger than that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. Kendi, for example, is not a critical race theorist. Right. He's adjacent to that, but he's also a main target um, in a lot of these sort of um, laws and, and, and regulations around what can be taught and, and what can't be... Um, So, yeah, um, this is just, you know, really just a resistance. The the process is a resistance to discuss anything regarding race. And this is kind of the philosophy that seems to be driving a lot of it.
1: Yeah. And that's what to me was so fascinating about this and learning about it. Right. Because. I, obviously we see it out there we see what tucker carlson is saying we see what you talked about desantis earlier right and yep. all the rhetoric that's out there right and so just sort of read about the mantra itself right and to sort of see where it stems all it's where it all stems from and you're right sort of the connection in this rhetoric to other issues also mm-hmm. other social issues right um but it's like this idea i think you said this earlier like the playbook right it's all the yeah. same playbook right and they're just recycling it rewashing it reusing it in yep. all of these places yeah so yeah i uh i that's was one of the one of the big takeaways for me for this um there was something else that i uh i figured you might have some thoughts on mm-hmm. um that dr Kennedy talked about and it was these two thoughts he had these thoughts on these i'm sorry these thoughts on these two different or conflicting mantras that republicans and others have had in the decades since the civil rights movement right so the first mantra being that racism no longer exists and the second being that racism is spreading against white people yeah you know and i and i really liked how he connected these mantras to white supremacist ideology and also to the concept of zero sum the zero sum myth right that heather mcgee talked about in her book uh, which is called the sum of us what racism costs everyone and how we can prosper together which is a great great book it's I've a read great book this year. it's a great book right mm-hmm. so for folks who are unfamiliar this zero-sum myth is this idea that progress for some of us comes at the expense of others mm-hmm. and in this case and as what dr kenny talks about right we're talking here about the progress for people of color coming at the expense of white folks right yeah and so i i Highlighted and, and want to share what Dr. Kendi says about the zero-sum myth. And then, you know, I'm just so curious to hear what you have to say about all of this. So he says, I quote, The zero-sum myth erases the past and present of abolitionists and anti-racist movements which have aided ordinary white people. It fear mongers about their future. If, fear, if white people are not worshipped in schools, then they will be demonized. If white people don't reign supreme, then they will be subjugated. If white people don't hoard resources and opportunities, then they will be starved. If white people cannot kill at will, then they will be killed at will. White violence is presumed to be self-defense. Defending yourself against a white supremacist is presumed to be a criminal act. And yeah, I, I have so many thoughts yeah. <laughs> about all of this, right? But I, I want to shut up and hear from you. But I, I, th- I just think there is mounds of evidence of this fear right because what i read through a lot of that is fear right or Mm what i said i mean he uses the word fear mongers right in fear right but but there's a lot of fear in this and that fear that he talks about and and i i think it's manifested itself in so much of
0: what we're seeing what we've seen and what we've talked about right yes Uh, yeah um I think that that section really n- hits the nail on the head for me mm. um, I think so much of the kind of resistance that we're seeing to any kind of progress however little um, is based on this idea that somehow access and rights will somehow be cheapened or lessened for yeah, white people yeah. or that you know sort of revenge will be taken yes. against uh, white people or people in power um, so, you know, men or, or heterosexual people or what have you, um, I think it's also founded in this continued sense of control mm. um, that's basically been present for anyone who isn't white or male or Christian or landowning uh, since the beginning of this country. And also before, because yeah. we inherited a lot of legal ideas from other places and. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, it seems to be this idea that folks who have been marginalized and subjugated begin to have rights, then they will, as I said, seek revenge. Right. Um, And that's what that zero-sum thing is for me, I think, is like people think it's all or nothing. Um, And I think in a way that's how it's kind of been presented to us for a Mm -hmm. long, long time. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah,
1: yeah. which is fascinating to think about it from, I can see that, but I can also sort of see the other side. And, and I know you can too, right. Of like, man, I just want some rights. Yeah. Right. Like some, some humanity. And, 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 you know, when you're sitting on the other side of the table, right. Or you're, or, or you're just, if you have a a heart and compassion and believe in this, right. To hear people just ask for sort of the basics. (laughs) You're like, well, damn, that's not a lot. No, it's not.
0: Yeah. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Man, especially when you think about the way that we frame rights in the U.S., that are you know not—it's <laughs> mostly like uh, the government won't do this to you. <laughs> it's like that, Ooh, that's all I want. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, that. Yeah, um, yeah. Those wow. those sort of ten bill of rights. Uh-huh. Can I can I just get those? Yeah, um, please as a starting point. Yes, and that's yeah. And then so the way that he closes that quote about white violence being self-defense and defending yourself against a white supremacist as is a criminal act, I think is also so on point um, because there are so many examples. Right. Like mm-hmm. Trayvon Martin is an example. Oh. Oscar Grant is an example. Um, and so, so many others. I named the two of them because they're who came to mind yeah. um, first um, as I was reflecting on that point. Um and the the idea is central to white supremacist violence, you know. It's it's a guiding principle. Yeah. Um, Dylan Roof wanted to start a race war, mm-hmm. right? Um, the shooter in Texas, at the Walmart, wanted to attack immigrants specifically because they felt like they were being attacked. Yes. Um, and so, and that they were losing their rights mm-hmm. in some way. Um, and so, this is violent control that, in their mind, is actually self defense against a, a, an attack on white people. Um, and so, yeah, all of that like hits the nail on the head for me. Um, and then one of the other things I wanted to talk about for a second is the, the sort of opposing, uh, or conflicting mantras. Yeah. Um, of, um, he ascribed it to the, to the Republican party. Yep. Um, I think, or maybe conservatives. It was Republicans. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think th- I th- they are conflicting on the surface. Um, and I think that there are both ways to delegitimize anti-racist movement. Oh, okay. Um, so the first one, uh, which is that racism doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, right. That discounts the need for anything to be done. Right. Because racism is over. over. So we don't we, need to do this. Right. We fixed this in the 60s. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, and then the second one that there is mounting racist racism against white people um sort of reverse racism mm. to borrow that term yeah. um that undermines the relatively little things that have been done to address to try to address the racism embedded in the US yes. because it's so called hurting people mm. um so i th- you know they seem to be contradictory um, but I think they're basically two sides of the same coin yeah, that have been. That. They, they, u- they get used in different ways, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think that's a sort of a, a brilliant take on it, only because, like, and particularly for that second one, right? Like you're talking about sort of it. It undermining sort of the work that's been done to a try to try to address. I think the key word you said there was try,
0: right? Yeah, because it's been very half-hearted attempts. My goodness, but even the half-hearted attempts have drawn ire and, and and backlash and yeah, all that and and this like oh now it's racist against white people.
1: Like what? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of good connections. You know, I talked about fear. I think you sort of talked about this idea of power, right? And mm-hmm. and um, that that's what sort of white folks are concerned about, potentially uh, losing, right? Or some of those feelings in this. And But, you know, I think it, we're, it's pretty clear here how we sort of feel about that and that this work is important. Um, and we've got mm-hmm. to continue and we've got to talk about these things. So, yes, yeah, I, I, I figured you might have some thoughts. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's shift and talk about application, though. I don't know. What do you think? I think we've been talking about application this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, this
0: whole I mean, I think that this article is um, he's 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 tying things together into the present day. Like he's yes. he's he's connecting the dots, which I think is sort of the. The colloquial way to talk about application. Yeah. Maybe in the new year we should change the name of this section to Connecting the Dots. Connecting the Dots. Uh I like it. All right, you heard it here, folks, right? Yeah, I think
1: I I, I loved this piece. It sounds like you did too, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's just so much great work that he did um, to sort of... I think these things are so important, right to name things like the notion of white supremacy and white supremacist ideology and anti-racism and and sort of the the manifestation of these things in action in our politics in our education, right and in, in our society, right and again, connecting the dots between history yep. and and our present day, right And I think, what he did is a model for what we'd all should be doing, right? Like that's application work we can and should all be doing in our everyday lives. Right. So what does that look like? I think for each of us in our conversations that we're having, right. In our homes, with our, with our families during this time of year where a lot of us are spending lots of time with family, right. um, In our workplaces, in our communities. Right. Um, You know, I think Dr. Kendi in this article is, compelling us to think about not only how important it is to know and understand our history, but also to, to sort of actively name these notions like white supremacy to to work to dismantle them.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, uh, that that's all great um, cosine. Um, <laughs> my ideas for application here, I think are based on that first quote you shared about how we don't, often know or recognize the foundational philosophies of white supremacy, which mm-hmm. I think ties in, you know, beautifully to what you just said, too, um, especially when it's being mainstreamed in the yeah. way that it's being mainstreamed. Yeah. Um, I think we need to understand these elements to see when they are operating. Um, so, you know, when Tucker Carlson is, is going off on a rant, we can point out how his rant is nonsense yes and how it's founded in the mantra or in the Turner diaries, which is another whole white supremacist like foundational kind of text yes. um, or whatever else. Um, and we can backtrack, we can track back the ideas, the origin of these ideas yeah. to violently radical white supremacist ideas, you know, and then we can kind of undermine Tucker's rant in the first place or, yes. or whoever's rant in the first place um but that's also right like a lot of work yeah. like i i've been in places where i hear somebody say something i'm like oh that's that's like code yeah right like that's that's uh, a dog whistle but it would take me probably 20 minutes to sit with you individually and explain how what you just said is connected to xyz yeah um and so there's also like a limit in how we can do that. And so, I, you know, I think continuing to talk about it. Finding avenues to talk about it publicly, I think, is where my mind's at for for kind of application. I like that the idea of which talking I, about it publicly ties into my homework. I think. I'm, oh, I'm,
1: yeah. All right. Well, let's. Yeah, go I'm there. jumping ahead a
0: little bit. No, let's but, go there. I yeah. like it. No, I appreciate that.
1: Um, you know, you said this earlier. And I just, it just can't get out of my mind. This article was a word and a half. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. Uh, because it was, and I think you know that made me think about how I feel like we've read a couple of articles like this one where there are just lots of embedded links uh, to places to go and to learn more so in this article for example there's several links there's a link to data from the department of education about the race and ethnicity of public school teachers and their students right and that was sort of in the part of the article where he was naming white people's fears around what kids are being taught in schools so it sort of fit there yeah despite
0: teachers what it was like 70, 79, 74, 70, 74, 79% yep. of teachers being white, white.
1: Yep. Aha. Uh-huh. There, there it is. Uh, there was another link or there were links to, um, both this idea of white backlash and this new thing that's out there called woke lash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I, I didn't really get a chance to click on too many of the links. Um, I thought I would have some time to go back and do it. And I did. And so my homework is to go back and check out some of those links. Um, because I think from the titles of the pieces alone that he linked to, some of them, um, I, I imagine that there is some really good stuff to sort of continue this conversation, uh, but also just, you know, our ongoing learning work. So mm-hmm. uh, what about you? You hinted to something. Let's. What What is it?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think going back and I'm always a fan of going back and clicking the links because I right. feel like I don't have time. I never have time when I'm like reading this to get ready for the, for the podcast. To yeah dive into the like the footnotes um i do here and there but not to the extent that i would like to so that's great homework let's do it um but i think you know what i was alluding to earlier is i i think some of our homework is needs to be collectively figuring out how to undermine these arguments against critical race theory and against sort of publicly talking about racism in schools or or in um you know the workplace or, or wherever it is, and and trying to understand how racism is operating, yeah, in the world around us, which is is what they're trying to prevent us from doing. Um, so whether that's like you know op eds that lay out some key outcomes of an effective anti racist education, um, or continuing to write and speak out in favor of teaching real history, um, wherever that might be, yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite concepts that I first heard from Adrian Marie Brown's book, Emergent Strategies, mm-hmm. but it's actually a quote from Grace Lee Boggs uh, that she cites, um, is transform yourself to transform the world. Uh, and so we have to do this kind of work. To learn things and unlearn mm-hmm. things um, and find ways to connect it, to make changes in the world around us. You know, Aaron, we've. Done this, what is this, episode 48, um,
1: which is incredible. I think that might be the best homework we've had. Yeah, I don't know if someone's grading us, but like what I I think we are, apparently. We are. Uh, So I'm grading (laughs) it and I've given you an A. And I I say that because this is real, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is happening right now, right? And so there are sort of two things that stuck out to me. One, this idea of like figuring out how we collectively undermine these ridiculous arguments against CRT because we hear something new every as what to curse their folks every yeah. day yeah right every day <laughs> every day right but I also think about it connects to what you said earlier around sort of really trying to sort of understand the sort of the philosophy behind these this mantra of white supremacy right and and to be able to talk, talk about this and address it publicly with folks right and to be able to understand the codes and to be able mm-hmm. right like I, I worry about where we are, right? And yeah. I think that's why we're we're doing this podcast, right? And um I, I want we want to sort of transform society as you sort of mentioned transform the world, excuse yeah. me. I mean don't limit it to just society. Um and so I think there's some urgency. Yeah. In uh the homework that you presented today yeah. uh that I think uh, has some real-world, present-day applicability uh, and importance. So I don't know why it hit me, what Mm. you just said, in the way that it did. But best homework of the year. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Well, with that, as you're riding the high of that that praise, (laughs) you're up next time, my friend. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode?
0: So, um, speaking of things that are going weird in our world, I'm going to bring a documentary called After Truth, Disinformation and the Cost of Fake News uh, to the table here. Um, It's a documentary, um, as I said, uh, that explores the implication of fake news on our society in the U.S. Uh, And it's on HBO Max, Mm -hmm. if you would like to watch along with us. Uh, And it seems to be a really interesting dive into fake news Sort of the ways that it's generated. Um, I watched the trailer, and this one, there's this one moment where somebody tweets out, like takes a picture of something outside of the building, tweets something out about it, and then that was real. But there was no, he had no evidence. He just made up something about, like oh, a bus that was wow. outside. Of so okay. um, he just had a following on Twitter and took advantage of it essentially, and it it, it became a thing. Yeah. Um, but they also talk about um, Comet Pizza. Oh. And the PizzaGate, yeah, um, the fake scandal um, that led to like real outcomes and a, and a real um, person taking a rifle to f- sort of free children they believe were trapped in the basement of a building that doesn't PC. have a basement yeah. and were being kept there yeah. um, mm. for a sex ring, um, and so yeah, it's it's a dive into all of this and what it's doing to us collectively. Wow. Well, and we've heard the term fake news so much over the past
1: four or five years. Right. And so yeah. I think there's some, uh, yeah, that's important to talk about. And the, this idea of journalism too, I think we've had a number of episodes where we've talked about sort of the power. Of, I mean, even today, if you want to call Tucker Carlson journalism, right. It's a, it's a it's news, right. It's a right. news commentary show. Right. So, um, the, the power of journalism and spreading ideas around social justice and collective liberation is important. So, uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of this documentary, so I'm looking yeah. forward to watching it and talking about it with you. Very good. All right, folks, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with all the people in your life. Please follow us on social media. You can check us out on YouTube. And of course, sign up for our email list to get
0: notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week.